this is Grayson Gilbert. I'm joined today with uh, Blake Lattery and Jack Lee as we are recording yet another podcast for The Chorus in the Chaos. So the last few times, if you tuned in, we had a couple ones on uh, why you should go to church, what the church is supposed to function like, and I can't remember the third one, but it involved the church as well. Uh, today we're going to be taking a look, though, at what is the idea of family worship. Everybody's shaking their heads at me right now because I just failed the intro, but if you... Uh, if you need to look at it, just go back to the podcast list, and you'll find all three there. Do you, do either of you guys remember what the third one was? COVID. Oh, that's right. Yeah, how did COVID impact the local church, right? Okay. Yep. Well, with that excellent introduction, <laughs> moving on to family worship. <laughs> you can tell we're, right. we're a finely oiled machine here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let, let's maybe we'll start it off with a quiz. How many of you have done of the two of you or three of us? Have we have you done family worship today? Yeah. Yeah. I have not. I've not done well, it. Well, we knew the podcast was coming, so we had to. <laughs> yeah. Make well, sure. was, we usually do it. Everybody in the, get together. <laughs> we usually do it in the evening. And I was telling Grayson yeah. just a minute ago we were chatting. Our kids have VBS this week, and it's been a little crazy. It's it's a nighttime VBS where they. They they go and they have the church sets up instruments and they teach kids how to play instruments and praise songs and stuff. So it's kind of a fun thing for them. They do it every year. Oh, nice. Wow. But it but it ends it ends at eight thirty. So we have to pick them up and come home. And we're starting to record for those for the listener out there. We we record at nine fifteen. So um, yeah, getting the kids home and turned around and in bed. I failed in terms of family worship tonight. So. But they were they were in VBS, so that that's like two Bible yeah. points or something like so, a Bible. So what you're saying is you're farming out the spiritual disciplines to somebody else. You know what, Jack? Thank you for being willing to fall on the sword tonight. Yeah. For uh, no, but no, but on, but in in all seriousness, though, I appreciate the uh, the honesty, obviously, because one of the things is, and especially on an online presence, I think we've all seen this, is that. Most of the comments that you read in different, you know, subsections of theological conversations on this subject, according to those comments, everybody's hitting it out of the park. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. their 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 six year olds are learning Greek, and uh, they're uh, you know quoting their five year old was quoting page after page of John Owen at breakfast time. You know, your kids so don't do bringing that, some. Do no. you mortify, mother? <laughs> mother, dost thou mortify? Eat your waffles. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll be the first to say, I, I mean, and this, this will come up, I think, because I think, I think the majority of people struggle with family worship and we struggle yeah. with it. Like I struggle yeah. with consistency yeah. and I'll just come out yeah. and say that it's something I'm, I'm aware of and always, uh, working on and trying to improve. And I, and right. I will say, you know, this was actually one of our later points, I think when we outlined this, but it maybe it's just good to get get it out of the way up front. It it's hard and consistency is really tough, but it's one of those things where I think you continue to plug away and over time you see you see improvement like slow slow yeah, improvement. You set and, patterns. Yeah, yeah you set and patterns. Exactly. And we and I've seen that, right? And there are seasons where I do better than others, but generally speaking, the trend is improving. And yeah. And I think that would be an encouragement for anyone out there if you're if maybe you looked at the title of this podcast on family worship and you just like, ugh, 
like guilt, right? Because uh, I'm sure there are people out there because I know because I know because I've been there. Um, I think just encouragement, like stay with it. Don't get discouraged. If you didn't do it today, do it the next day. Like start, just start. Yeah, I think. Right. And I think of Don Whitney. Um, he did a book on just basic spiritual disciplines. And, um, it's a great book. Yeah. It's fantastic. But he's such an encouraging guy. His whole thing with it, um, I think he did one on family worship too, incidentally enough. But with all of it, he's just like, look, if you didn't, same thing you said, if you didn't do it today, just start tomorrow. And if you miss a day, right. just right. do it again the next day. It's not that big of a yeah. deal. Um, we, we tend to make such mountains in our minds where we, you know, flip out if we forget to do it or we neglected to do it one day. And then all of a sudden, um, then a week or two goes by because you're kind of in despair mode when just get back up and do it. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. What, we what, are not paying Nike, is, what, by the way. <laughs> what, what is family worship? It's probably good you? to have some basic definition to start with, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> okay. That, that sums up the podcast. Like, wow. You guys really are, are not doing it. encouraging <laughs> in all this. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. No, I would say that, so depending on your theological persuasion of where you're from and how you grew up and, uh, you know, what churches you grew up in and all this and all that, the concept of family worship is relatively new, uh, to me, anyway. Uh, just, that was something that we didn't start doing until 2019, 2020. And I was already a pastor, you know, at the time. And so it wasn't a, it wasn't a concept of, you know, that we weren't educating our kids in the things of the Lord or we weren't living godly as examples at home or anything like that, but just having a set time, you know, to sit down and getting, you know, trying to get the kinks worked out of when is it happening, what are we doing, to what level, and all of that stuff. So I guess my definition would be, and maybe you guys can give your your definitions of it too, because maybe it, maybe it varies from person to person, uh, but I kind of just look at it like those Deuteronomy 6 principles that, you know, I'm looking to lead my children in godliness. And I think that that means at different levels for different age groups and things like that. Yeah. Um, so for us, it's, you know, scripture, reading, uh, singing, because my girls love singing. Um, we do the catechism uh, and go over some of those basic doctrines and things like that. And it's just kind of a... A fun thing uh, that we that we set out, and uh, it's something that's that's profitable for them. So, I guess I would say that's kind of my 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 definition of it. Let, let me ask you a question before we jump around, because I'm just curious. I mm -hmm. think I know the answer, but did either one of you grow up with parents that did fa regular family worship? Not at all. No, me either. No, no, did I did not grow up in a Christian home? Me anyway. either. So I mean, it's yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, for us, it, I mean, the only time I set foot in a church was literally when somebody died or got married. So we were that family. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it was the same event. I mean, depending <laughs> on who was getting wow. married. Wow. <laughs> 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 yeah, a whole new definition of shotgun wedding. Yeah. That was our family. Yeehaw. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, but new, I mean, so again, I, I would say, so Jack's already kind of laid out his encouragement. I mean, I would already say now that, now that we do it, I kind of look back and it's like, man, I feel kind of trashy even being a pastor and not having 
not having laid this out with my my kids and and stuff like that. But, but like, how old how old is your oldest girl when you started doing it? Uh, she was, um, well, let's see. She's turning. Oh my goodness, she just turned five. So like she was two or three. She, yeah, two or three. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I wouldn't just encourage you. I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that if you have toddlers, you shouldn't do it. I mean, we I think I think oh, we yeah, all would right, say you right, should, right. but but I mean, but I mean, even a, I would yeah. say though that even the picture of family worship is not just with your kids; it's your spouse, oh, that's a good yourself. Point. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, you have this, you have the whole you that's know, a good whole point. kind of thing together. Yeah. And again, it's not that my wife and I weren't talking about what we were reading or reading together. It's just looking at that consistency and having like an actual pattern down of this is what we do. You know, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And it's still, and it, I mean, it, it still is a struggle. It still is a struggle to, um, you know, make, make the time, make sure everything's happening. Sicknesses, you know, come in and schedules get crazy and all that kind of stuff. And those are all little, you know, road bumps that, that yeah. happen. Yeah. So what's family worship look like for you guys, Grayson? Oh, it has wildly differed from time to time. I mean, all of my kids are older, so... Um, my oldest is 12 and my youngest is eight about to turn nine. So right now it's radically different than what it started off with when it started. I mean, we were just trying to get them to, you know, sit still half the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'd sit down and we'd go through a few different books. Some of them would be like, uh, a short catechism. Um, we read the Bible with them. It, it wasn't anything major to begin with, but it was just something small that we were trying to do. Um, and now what it looks like is different. So because our schedules are so over, all over the map, what we do, what I do with the girls each day when I would bring them into school is we listen to uh, the Bible on audio. They follow along. Obviously, I would not because I'm driving. Uh, but at the end of it, then we would do a short Q&A. So I'd ask them. They would always end up having to have at least one question. Um, then I'd answer their question, and then we would talk about the passage that day. So... Typically, it was about three or four chapters, just a standard Bible reading plan. Um, then we would talk about after school, because they go to a classical Christian education school. So we would get out, and then we would talk about what they learned that day as well. Uh, so it was pretty low-key with them throughout this school year. Um, with my son, I take him out on Fridays, generally speaking. Him, he and I will go out and grab a bite to eat. And right now, we're going through the book of Proverbs, literally just chapter by chapter. So there's been varying degrees of success with that as well, just because of hecticness and schedules. But we try to keep it consistent. And, I mean, he's a sharp little guy, so I'm always impressed with what he comes to the table with half the time. But I'm trying to just get them in the Word regularly. And the way our schedule works right now, I have to do it, unfortunately, separately. Um, Much of the time, I'm not getting home until... 7, 8 p.m., the kids are already in bed at that point, so then I'll talk with my wife. And, right. Uh, go you don't through. just wake them up, Grayson? Yeah, it's like, All hey, right, guys. kids, get out of bed. It's time for, time so for the, the nice midnight thing, though, oil. I mean, summer is just starting, so we're getting to that point where um, they're off of school, and you know, I can take the time in the morning then to wake us up and, and start the day with a word and prayer and song and literally just start the day with it. Right. So, Have you, have you guys ever... Uh, Grayson, had you guys gone through the like timing uh, issue? Because I know that's one of the things that people 
really struggle with is like, well, you know, we're trying to do it in the evening or we're trying to do it in the morning. Or whatever. Like we found that when it works consistently and it works well, it works best in the morning uh, right. for us, uh, like around the breakfast table where the girls are eating and we can do catechism and Bible reading and prayer and uh, they can sing their catechism songs and all that good stuff. And that seems to have been the best time of day for us. But then I know other folks, uh, I mean, even mutual friends that we three have, uh, that they've tried mornings and it's been horrifying and it works better <laughs> in the evenings, you know, so. Mornings are terrible for us. Five yeah. kids, getting them ready and out the door. And my, my kids, I've, I've got five and they age uh, from 12 to two. And just, it's, it's a mess. Like, it's a mess. It is just so chaotic in the morning. So for <laughs> us, we've we've learned that evenings work best once everyone is kind of bathed and before bed when they're calm, especially with the younger kids, I've learned over the years, they're tireder, they're tired or more tired. And mm-hmm. so they're less, they're less apt to be bouncing around and stuff uh, where mm-hmm. they would be early in the day. So they just tend to be calmer and it's kind of more relaxing. And sometimes like my, my young, like my, he's now six, but I remember distinctly my four, but he was four, when he was four at the time, he would fall asleep half the time. <laughs> um, but it was okay. Like he really enjoyed it. For him, it became like a thing of comfort. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten more in the routine. But it was, it was, uh, I, I remember he was so hard to contain when he, when he was like three and four. So when we started yeah. doing it in the evening, it just, it helped everyone else because he was less distracting. And for him, it was calming and soothing. And, you know, just, I don't know, for, for us to, to kind of reiterate what I said, evening, we found evening works better for, for our chaotic lives. So. Um, and, and on that, um, kind of like Grayson, you know, what does ours look like? It's looked different over the years. Um, we always have prayer. There's always time of prayer in there. Uh, there'll always be scripture reading and then we'll, I'll do some type of lesson, um, based on the scripture, just, you know, some basic, you know, basic doctrine stuff, whatever, whatever's in the text. Um, we used to do singing, but we're all really bad at it. So yeah. <laughs> that's a jo- that's a joyful noise, Jack. Yeah. Um, so for we tried doing that, it just did not go well. And then, mm. um, yeah, it, I'm telling you, like no one, we all sound bad, so no one wants to sing. Okay, and yeah. it's more of a distraction than than otherwise. So I, I don't know. You just got to go for it, Jack. Just with confidence, <laughs> you know. It's like. You know, just just sing out. I I guess I don't have yeah. that youth pastor confidence to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well. But yeah. So, we, but books that we've gone through, um, you know, there, uh, later in the podcast, I think we've all got a couple maybe that we'll recommend or or mention. Yeah. But yeah. I distinctly I hadn't thought about it until just Grace when you were talking. One book that we went through um, that was pretty good for my older kids. My younger kids got lost in it pretty quickly. But uh, J.I. Packer's Concise Theology. Mm. Um. Mm. I, it, it got difficult <laughs> at times to even pare that down to something transmissible to young kids, but the concepts yeah. were good. And, you know, I'm a big believer. There's some quotes I've read out there and I can't, and I don't have them in front of me. Uh, I wish I'd thought about it beforehand. I could have looked it up, but, but basically you, something along the lines of you don't, you don't want to pr- preach or teach to your kid, dumb it down so much that they're not challenged. Like yeah, let right. teach them the doctrine and let them grow into it. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, and, and I, I try to believe that like two nights ago we were, we were in John, uh, John and the verses about 
um, you know, he calls his sheep out by name. They will not, the, the sheep will not follow the voice of another, that, that whole passage in John. And just through discussion, kind of limited atonement came up. And, mm. and I had a discussion with a limited atonement with my kids and my, and I, the first, it was kind of interesting because I just kind of went around and asked, well, what do you think this means? And <laughs> the answers yeah. were kind of all over the map. Right. <laughs> right. But, um, but we had to talk about that. And my, my nine year old really struggled with it. Like she was, right. she was bothered. Um, mm. but, it, but we had a good conversation and I told her, I was like, you know, I, we talked about where it was in scripture and these things are here and it's yeah. not always easy. Um, so you just unloaded on her. Yeah. Just all, all 10 cannons. I made her feel really bad. Yeah. Right. We're not raising any four point Calvinists in this house. <laughs> go to your room and come out when you're ready for five. Yeah. Jack goes um, in there, go to like, your room and come out when you believe in limited atonement. You haven't been listening to Leighton flowers. Have you? <laughs> So, but, but it was, a, you know, it was a good conversation and I, and I don't expect her to grasp the depths and the wonders of limited atonement. Right. No, but, it's, it's hard for I've, many adults. Yeah. It's hard for me, but, but yeah, I, I was going to say, do I, I don't even know. Yeah. Like <laughs> the full, yeah. The full spectrum. Of it. It's so big, but I thought to myself, I'm just going to, cause I, I had this internal thought to myself. I was like, do I, how, how do I pair this or dumb this down? You know, for lack of a better term. And I thought to myself, I'm not, I'm just going to, she's not, I'm just going to tell her and. And hope yep. that it sticks and she grows into it at some point. So that's what yeah. I did. It's, and- a, it's amazing what kids can, can grasp onto. I think that's one of the things that stood out to me in this whole process of family worship is so many times, I think culturally, you're thinking, well, you know, we'll just have our kids color pictures of Noah's Ark or something like that, you know, and, but like my, th- my, my oldest, when she was three, she had the Ten Commandments memorized. Yeah. You know, and like yeah. for me that, and that may not be like a big thing for, for some of you. Maybe some of you are raising geniuses and listening to this and everything. Uh, but it just blew me away that she just could get that down and, you know, knew it and everything else. So I, I think, yeah, I think maybe that concept of challenging your kids and not, and not dumbing it down so much or bringing it down so much that, uh, they're not actually, having to wrestle with anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had no idea that, uh, Silas is even paying attention one time, but so Silas is my oldest. He's 12 now, but I think right around five or six, <laughs> my father-in-law was trying to describe the Trinity to him. And he's like, you see, son, the, uh, the Trinity is like, God's wearing different hats and you have the one wearing the Jesus hat and you have, I know, you know, the other (laughs) wearing the father hat and the other the spirit hat. And my son was just like, "Uh, no, grandpa, that's modalism. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, grandpa, grandpa, have you ever seen Donald and Kana? That is a Trinitarian heresy, grandfather. Um, I was, I was impressed though, because I'm like, okay, so something is sticking. And that was the thing that was a big encouragement for me is I never knew, knew how much was actually sticking. But that was yeah. an off-the-cuff question he had asked one day, just through our Bible reading, about, okay, so how does this work, right? We talk about Jesus as God, we talk about the Spirit as God, and we talk about the Father as God. So we ended up going into a brief discussion of Trinity. I mean, very brief. He's six years old, so it's not like I got too technical. But he actually took it, which was kind of the neat thing for me. It It, it reminded me that, even though I feel like I bumble around half the time and I'm not nearly as good as I'd like to be, um, God's very much pleased to work in spite of us, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. those things, you never know what they're going to tuck away in their hearts and 
and draw from later. Yeah. Amen. That's right. That's wonderful. And, and Grayson, you, I think you put this in the outline and it's a point that's worth making. Um, if, if you're not doing that, if you're not reading to them and letting them just pick up things through, you know, direct teaching or osmosis or just being surrounded in it, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not doing it, someone else is, right? And, and that's a, a seriousness for the need, for the need of worship. Like it's an important thing. And, um, because no matter how you define it, no matter what, how you do it, I think any, there's no like one defined way to do it. But I think the components are, the general components are, could be centered around scripture, right? I think scripture is almost always going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Prayers, mm-hmm. singing, catechisms. Um, there's a lot of things you could, you could do into that. But again, no matter how you define it, if you're not doing it, someone else will be discipling them in something else. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're being discipled no matter what. I mean, you can't, you can't stop it from happening. Uh, their kids are like sponges and they're soaking up, you know, all these different things. One of the things I know that's been on our hearts and one of the things that kind of brought up this as we have been talking about the church is that, uh, in the American Christian church culture, so many have shifted the spiritual responsibility of the upbringing of their children that it ends at, we send our kids to church mm-hmm. yeah. or we take our kids to church with us. And then the church is the one who does the training of our children. And somehow at some point we've come along and just accepted that model. But Blake, uh, when, but Blake, Blake, yeah, yeah. Isn't that what youth pastors are for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. So here's, we walk, <laughs> so we walk this weird line. No, no. And, and it, it, that's actually a good point. It's actually a good point because I think you can get, you can get, crazy on one end ideally the parents and the father specifically and the mother that the father is leading the family that is his wife and his children in godliness not only setting an example but actually you know bringing the spiritual food to the table on a regular or at least semi-regular basis uh for their family and and him to you know feast upon but that's not the case uh, in every home. I mean, we have, you know, kids that attend our church whose parents are not Christians at all. And so to say like, well, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to put anything into this kid because the parents are supposed to be doing it. You know, that's also, that's, that's wrong on, on the other end of things. And so we walk in this kind of realm of ideally their main spiritual trainings coming from their parents, uh, which we, I think would all would agree on. Yeah. And then the church is able to come alongside and, you know, bolster some of that, encourage some of that, help some of that, reiterate some of that stuff. Uh, but it should not be, I mean, your kids' primary spiritual diet should not be a youth group on Sunday or, yeah. or on Wednesday or, you know, or whatever the case may be. But thank God for youth pastors and pastors, but youth pastors who dedicate themselves uh, in difficult situations uh, for the Lord's glory. And trying to do what they can yeah. <laughs> with with kids yep. that uh, you know um, would not be getting anything yeah. otherwise. Yeah, I, I was kidding. I, I know there are a lot of reform people who yeah. are anti youth pastor. Yeah, uh, I'm not one of them. I actually I think there's a place for that. I think it's helpful yep. in in, in mm-hmm. a church. Like I, I'm for I'm pro. I'll go on record now. You can you can put this put the stamp on it. The chorus yeah. in the chaos podcast is pro youth pastor. 
with an asterisk. Yes. If you're, if we have you're, to define who is yeah, the right. oppressor, right, what right. the doctrine is. Right, right. There's many different I'm not ready to go. I'm not ready to jump in the deep end on that one. <laughs> right, right. It's like, do, do they agree with me? Then yes. Yeah, right. If they absolutely agree with me on every single you know methodology and doctrine, then yes, yes, we're pro-youth pastor. Yeah. <laughs> No, but that's yeah, gonna be a review brings, at some I mean, point well, where that's, people are. That's just a whole like, nother that's a whole nother rabbit trail. Yeah, that's another the, the, that's another yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah absolutely. You know, one thing I jotted down is just kind of thoughts as I was thinking about this, um, is the joy. And and Grayson, you, you, you made me think about it a minute ago when you're talking about your son, how he started asking questions and and recognizing things in scripture and talking to you about it and you know, asking your kind of calling out so like a better term, your father in law is Trinitarian analogy, <laughs> right? But, but there's joy in it. Like yes. yep. it, it's really hard and it's very hard to be consistent. And it's really, really hard when you have young kids. Um, but there really is joy in it. There's a, there's a, one of the books that I really like was by a, by a guy named J.W. Alexander. And he has a, has a book called Thoughts on Family Worship. And I, I love this quote. I read this a few weeks ago, actually, but I love this quote. And, uh, he, he says basically, as the loving mother rejoices to be the fountain of nourishment to the babe, which is to warm her bosom, at, war- at the warmth of her bosom, so the Christian father delights to convey, even by the reverent reading, the pure milk of the word. He has found it good to his own soul. And I, and I love that because when I read that, so my, my wife loves babies. She loves nursing. Not, not every, every woman is like this, but she enjoyed like the midnight feedings, like the 3 a.m. feedings. Like she, mm. she loved it because she loves nursing so much and caring for babies. And that was something I, I don't know. It's just, it's always impressed me. Like I've, it's always been amazing to me. Like she, she will, when we, when we've had kids, like she joyfully wakes up at 3 a.m. to nurse. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, that's something that, again, it's truly always amazed me, but to see that parallel. So the Christian father delights to convey when I, when I read that, it made me think about that, that, that as spiritual leaders in our families, and we can talk about, you know, if the father isn't present later, but as the, the spiritual leader of the family, man, what a privilege that we get to feed our children, the pure milk yeah. of the word, like yep. what, right. what joyfulness that we can nourish yeah. them. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, and there's like, there's that whole thing of joy and there's love attached to it. Like, it's not just like an arduous task that must be done and, and, and check it off. Again, I, the thing that just really concreted in my mind on the whole thing was Deuteronomy 6. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like you, you parents teach these things to your children, you know, love the Lord, your God mm-hmm. with your, you know, entire self. And then, you know, then you have this whole unfolding of raising, but like, there's like love for God that's interwound in the, in the whole concept of what's going on with parents bringing up their children, uh, in the fear of the Lord. And, and this whole aspect of family worship's just part of that. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a piece of the, it's a piece of the pie. Yeah. Well, I like, Absolutely. I mean, I look at Deuteronomy 6, 7. So you, you go to Deuteronomy 6. I look at that one in particular. He says, You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. So there's mm-hmm. no point in the day in which we should not be looking in order to seize that moment in order to teach them. 
Um, right. I mean, that's that's been a thing that struck me. My pastor said something years ago, and I can't remember specifically what, um, but what stuck out to me was his every time he would go somewhere, what he would do is bring one of his kids with. So if it was a boring trip to get gas, grocery store, whatever the case was, he would intentionally bring a kid right. no matter what. And so I started doing that, and what I found was obviously much the same as what he found. You have a unique time with that kid to be able to talk to them, inquire of their hearts, what's going on that day. And it's, it's only paid more and more dividends as they've gotten older. But there's so many teaching moments that have come up through the years where they see a kid throwing a tantrum in the middle of the store. And as a three-year-old, they're like, oh, no, Daddy, that, that kid's being really naughty. I'm like, you're right. So yeah. what should they do? And they'll say, well, children should obey their parents in the Lord for this is right. Ephesians six one and I'm like there you go you got it buddy so what what do you think they're like what would happen if you did that they're like oh you'd spank me <laughs> I'm right. like yeah we would we would have a discipline <laughs> um, but it's 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 those moments where you're 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 literally seizing every opportunity to try and instruct them and bring them back when they're little it's just that basic aspect of obedience. Um, yeah. As they're getting older, it's looking at what are the heart motives to it. And so it's not just, a, you know, you need to stop lying and tell the truth. It's like, what's going on behind all of that? Like, what's informing that? What's your true right. understanding of who God is? You know, right? He is a God of all truth. So if you're given to lies, what does that mean? Okay, what does it mean when Satan is the father of lies and yet we're telling lies? You know, it's so much more than just the action of it. But seizing, I think the big thing for me was literally just looking at it and saying, okay, my entire goal, I get them for 18 years, 18 years, that's it. And then I, you know, will quote unquote, get rest. Um, but 18 years is all I have to prepare them to get out into the world and either be godly men or godly young women and Lord willing, godly married men and women. Mm -hmm. But that's a short time. I mean, it seems like such a long time in the middle of it, but I'm looking at my son now who's 12, and I mean, I've got six years left. Grayson, I did the, because my oldest is 12 too, 2,160. That's how many days. That's just six times three, three six. That's, that's how many days approximately we have left with our oldest. Isn't that's that insane. Didn't it do your guys' kids, do your guys' kids know uh, that, they're being kicked out of the house on their 18th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I've actually had that talk with my son where I'm somebody like, needs to forewarn them. If, if not, <laughs> you know, we would, we would never kick him out, but I've had that talk where I'm like, look, bud, you need to understand when you turn 18, like you're a full fledged man. And I yeah. expect you to long before that, you'll have a job. Grayson, didn't start, you know that the money. male mind, you're not matured until you're 36? Yeah, I mean, you got to take naps all the way up until 25, <laughs> 26 at least. Um, yeah. Blake, I'm to, to answer your question, I'm just going to have my oldest listen to this podcast. There you go. Okay, out. yeah, right. right. You're going to learn. You're going to learn a lot here, kids. So just pay attention to episode four, okay? Yeah, specifically. I want yeah. you. To, you're Grayson, <laughs> did you? Grayson, did you have the um, did you have those scriptures queued up to to read? I do. Do you have any in particular that you want me to hit? So, I mean, many Just, of the ones out of Deuteronomy are much the same. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, you have Deuteronomy eleven nineteen. He says, "You shall teach them to your sons." Talking again about God's commandments. 
uh, talking of them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you rise up. Again, much the same as Deuteronomy 6. Uh, Psalm 78, 4. We will not conceal them, again, the commandments of the Lord, from their children, but tell to generations to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wondrous works that he has done. And so here in this psalm, he's just literally looking back at salvation history and saying, all of this is what is our children's inheritance. So uh, everything that he's done, all the wonderful works that he's done in the past, um, that's going to be continually on our lips so that our children to come will praise him. And Proverbs 4 is, I mean, I don't want to read that whole thing. I'd suggest you go to it on your own time. Uh, but that one's literally just a wonderful one. So Proverbs, if you didn't know it, was a book written by Solomon to his son, you know, written to one who's going to be a ruler. And the whole intent behind it is that you would have ones that were given to the instruction of their father. So why I chose chapter four, though, I mean, all throughout it, he's he's making just a continual plead to his child. He says in verses one through, I'll just go through the first few here. Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father, and give attention that you may gain understanding. For I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. When I was a son to my father, tender and the only son in the sight of my mother, then he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words and keep my commandments and live. Acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, being wisdom again, and she will guard you, love her, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is, acquire wisdom, and with all your acquiring, get understanding. Prize her, and she will exalt you. She will show you honor if you embrace her. She will place on your head a garland of grace, and she will present you with a crown of beauty. And he just continues to go through on the rest of the chapter here, but you see right off in the bat in the first few verses here, there's just this generational heritage that they have where, his father before him, that's David, obviously, instructed him in the way of wisdom. And then you have Solomon, who's now looking at his son, instructing him in wisdom and saying, chase after wisdom. Wisdom is precious. And I think that kind of captures our role as fathers. I mean, you go mm -hmm. right back to Proverbs 1, 1, where the beginning, or the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? Hmm. So yep. that's what you're teaching them. In, in and throughout the day, it's you're inundating them with what little time you have to get them to just see who God is and especially who Christ is, but to cherish wisdom so that they're prepared for all of life and hopefully right. become God-fearing Christians. Yeah, and having seen those things applied in your life, too, you know. Yep, absolutely. Is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, amen. Very good. Let's, let's, let's get practical. So how to, how to do it, uh, how to approach it. Uh, I know we've kind of circled around a little bit, kind of like what we do and things like that. I would say the first thing is you don't have to be Jonathan Edwards. Uh, I think sometimes guys, especially if you're really high minded theologically, you want to approach it with, okay, we're going to have an hour family worship and this is going to be, you know, we're going to have all these readings and all this different stuff. Uh, you know, praise God if that is your family, but it's not mine. No, uh, if at you're least at this like point, mine, you'll just have somebody fart in the middle of it, and then everybody yeah. just and that's it. uproarious <laughs> yeah. laughter and <laughs> yeah, and then it's Ichabod. The glory has departed <laughs> yes. from the living room. <laughs> yeah, I, I love what you have. What you have on the outline uh, that we were talking about for this point number one on this subject: how to do it. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, yeah. I'm a firm believer in trying to keep it as simple as possible. The more I complicate it, and believe me, I'm a guy who can complicate it, um, the worse it always goes. Yeah. 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 But yeah, simple's good. Yeah. And again, age appropriate is the other thing. So when we started, so just the quick thing, we basically uh, get up and me and my kids and my wife uh, get the girls breakfast. And so they're eating. Uh, I'll read for them a portion of scripture, uh, then go over uh, the catechism. We use the New City Catechism, Big Tim Keller. I know it's a dirty word, uh, but really good material, and I will die on that hill. It's really uh, winsome. Right. It's very winsome. Very. You never know how much... Uh, the uh, catechism's bringing to the city. The sad how much thing, the city's I mean, bringing to the catechism. I, I have to go there because you said Tim Keller. Um, yeah. The sad thing with Keller, it, he does have some really good stuff like that. Um, yeah, but he then does. you get all the other issues that pop up, and it's like, yeah, yeah, good grief, man. Yeah. Well, luckily, my uh, oldest is five and doesn't have a Twitter, so there you go. We're good. To, we're good to go for a while. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, but uh, the New City Catechism we use that. It's a really simple, you know, questions and repeating the answers, uh, which our girls memorize. And then there's songs, really great songs that go along with it. And so our girls, I mean, even throughout the day, sometimes our, our girls, they call them the question songs and they'll say question songs. Can we listen to the question songs, you know? And so we'll put them on. And, and so they're learning the catechism through song and things like that. Uh, and then we'll ask, you know, around, uh, just around the breakfast table for, you know, prayer who, you know, who has different things they want to pray for, uh, what things do we have to, you know, thank God for, uh, today and uh, pray for our family members and the things that we have to accomplish. Thank God for who he is, uh, you know, trying to work through some of those things. And, uh, and then that's it. I mean, that, then that's the end of the, that's the end of the thing yeah. of the family worship. How, how long then, do you think that is? Like, it depends. It depends because it depends on what, what the moods are too, you know? Yeah. Um, some mornings are, you know, hectic. I would say because, because my girls, because we're like eating breakfast and it's very laid back, it's kind of a multitasking kind of deal. Um, I would say f- 15 minutes. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And then sometimes the singing goes much longer because they'll just keep on doing their <laughs> songs and all that stuff. Uh, and so I'd say, you know, 15, 20 minutes around the, the breakfast table. Yeah. Yeah. Ours is about that long. I think I kind of walked through our process earlier. We'll yeah. pray. We'll do a Bible. Uh, we'll re- typically we'll read through scripture and have a discuss, have some discussion questions. Um, and then we'll pray again. So, sometimes we've done catechisms. I've, sometimes I do this, sometimes I don't. Uh, I've never done New City, not because I, not because of any Tim Keller version. Just I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just I just haven't. We've done, uh, the Westminster shorter. Um, and, and I, I found that to be good. I mean, they, they all, you're not going to find major the, theological distinctions between the no you know they're gonna it's just how they say the same thing in so many ways right right um so yeah but that's that's it and usually about 10 to 15 minutes as my kids have gotten older i've been able to go longer Mm -hmm. sure i've noticed that um and the discussion's gotten more fruitful like Mm -hmm. just the back and forth has been better so uh one book i'll go ahead and make a recommendation if you're out there and you're looking, you're kind of looking to just get started from scratch. You're not really sure what to do. There's a really good book, and I've used it for a guide a couple times, called 
Exploring the Bible Together, a 52-week family worship plan. And it's by David Murray. It's put out by Crossway. And David Murray is a professor of Old Testament and practical theology at Puritan Reform Theological Seminary. So he's a pretty sharp guy. But the, the structure is very simple. Um, it has each day of the week, it gives you a scripture. Uh, you read it, two questions, a main theme, and then a prayer, a fo- like a prayer topic based on, based on the, the subject. So hmm. if you're, I found it useful. We've used this a number of times where I kind of move in and out of it. But if you're, I'll just put that out there. If you're looking for something and you want to get, get more consistent, you're not really sure where to begin. That's a great place to, I think that mm. that's a good recommendation. Yeah. Um, and another thing I'll say for people out there that may not know where to begin, uh, even if you're, you wouldn't consider yourself a theological giant, but, but your heart is in the right place. You know, you want to do it. Um, right. just this, and I can't stress this enough. The simple act of reading scripture to your kids. Yes. Yeah. Just read right. it to them. Yep. And right. if you're consistent, and do that over over time, weeks, months, years. That will pay dividends. Just yeah, read the absolutely. scripture to them, like absolutely. So, if if you if you've never read a systematic theology book, you don't even know what a catechism is. Right. You know, just read scripture to your children and consistently yeah. do it, and you'll see benefit. Yeah, and this and this may sound a little heavy handed, but. You also, uh, so many people excuse themselves like, well, I'm just not, I'm not like theologically, you know, well adapted or whatever, that your lack of theological understanding does not negate your responsibility to your children. Yeah, that's a great point. So either get some understanding (laughs) or, uh, you know, learn along with your kids uh, or, or something. But uh, you don't have the option, as specifically as a Christian parent, to just say, "Well, I'm just that's just not that's just not my my yeah. thing," because it is your thing, and you will give an answer uh, yeah. for it before and the king. Yep. That's a great great point, Blake. So one one other point I'll make in that book I, I mentioned that exploring the Bible together, it it makes it super simple. So even if you're not again, if you you don't know anything about theology, but your heart's in the right place, like one of the examples is you you know Mark two you read. Uh, I'm just opened it up. Mark two verses six through 12. You read that. And then it says, what does Jesus have to do, have the power to do? And it says verse 10, then it gives you the answer to forgive sins. You could ask that, discuss it, but it even gives you the answer in front of you and the scripture reference and all that. So it makes it very, very attainable, I think, or, or, or doable for someone that's, that may not feel equipped to do so. And to Blake's point, um, if you're not equipped, start there, start somewhere. And continue to yeah. get equipped, and th- throughout over the months, days, weeks, years, you'll you'll see uh, that yield fruit. Yeah, absolutely. Right. right. Did you want to reco your other uh, materials, Jack? Uh, I, it's the book I mentioned earlier. I think it's pretty good. You know, I should have put uh, that spiritual disciplines book by Whitney. That's a great book that that yeah. Grayson referenced earlier. Yeah, I think I think there's a chapter or two on it, but it's really good. Joel Beakey. Is that how you pronounce his name? Beaky? Yeah. Joel Beak? I have no idea. Um, I always learn how yeah. to pronounce people's names and words through reading them. So I typically butcher things. Right. So I apologize, yeah. Mr. Beaky or Beak, if I butchered your name. And he somebody... just turned off the podcast. It's like, I'm not listening <laughs> like, to this trash. These guys. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> these guys. Um, he does He's a little like Grayson Guilbert. <laughs> Gilbert. 
Miss Jobs Jobem. Oh man, we just derailed. I know, big yeah. time. Uh, I'll bring us back. He does a good one on family worship as well. That's a real short one too. Um, I think that one yeah. was maybe about sixty pages. Nothing crazy. Right, um, right. A couple of other books that I'd recommend if you're if you've got younger kids, especially Marty Makowski or Machowski. Um, I think the publisher is New Growth Press. They've done a few. He's done a, literally a systematic theology for kids, and it's maybe a five or ten minute thing each day. Um, all of his stuff is like that, by the way. It's literally five ten minute chunks where you can sit down, and do it over to the dinner table. Uh, he has another one called Old Story New, and um, that's a great book. You you've done that one? I yeah we we I did that when my kids were really young. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That that was great for it was like. Good. Three, four, five, you know, that whole age group. Yep. And then I, he does like old story short or something like that too, which is an old testament. Oh, maybe that's the one that we did. Well, there, It was the Old Testament one. Yeah, okay. the names are real similar. Yep. That's the one we yep. did was the Old Testament. Yeah, the one's New Testament, one's Old Testament. But I, he's written a ton of stuff. He's actually done a lot of stuff even with all of the, the gender debacle stuff out right now where it's just a basic catechism, if you will, of like the glories of being a young boy or the glories of being a young woman. Um, and that's the thing I think in our culture, you know, 20 years ago, you didn't have to think about teaching your kids all that because it was yeah. just assumed. But now it's like, okay, I think it's good in because, that way where it's forced. As Roman says, it's evident in nature. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. But I think it's, it's good to force that hand and say, okay, we need to actually, we have to be diligent in all sorts of different ways that um, perhaps we let our guard down on before. Like we got mm -hmm. here for a reason, right? Yeah. Yeah, an yeah. Another book I'll recommend, and I would say this one is more less practical and more kind of theological. Like, what is the theological backing and, and kind of framework of family, <laughs> family worship? Um, it's the book I <laughs> wow. This They've is got falling apart. This is falling apart. It's the book I quoted from earlier, but uh, Thoughts on Family Worship by J.W. Alexander, and it's a Soli Deo Gloria book is the copy I have, but it's it's quite mm. good. It's it's not a long book, but it's it's dense and very rich. So those will be a couple of recommendations. Blake, do you have any? Uh, yeah, Besides just New City top. Catechism? Tim, yeah, anything just by Tim anything Keller. by Tim Keller. No, I'm just kidding. No, not really. Not, not really. Ax that. Uh, no, so a couple things. Again, again, we do really like the New City Catechism uh, and think it's and think that it's really helpful for our kids, especially at their age, just getting some like theological, you know, concepts down. You know, why do we need a savior? You know, all those different kinds of things. Um, one book that I really, uh, we haven't gone through it, through it, uh, but I've referenced it and looked at it and it's really been, uh, helpful. My buddy Justin actually got this for me. So shout out for, uh, to Justin, but Family Worship Bible Guide, uh, that's actually put out by Reformation Heritage Books. Uh, they have basically every single chapter in the Bible. There's like a little paragraph kind of giving an overview of that chapter uh, and then has some like questions and thoughts specifically to ask your family and, and to talk about. And so I just 
randomly turned it uh to to a page here. Uh, so Nehemiah 10, it kind of gives a brief overview of Nehemiah 10. Uh, and then the questions uh, that are involved in it is, uh, you know, are, are you zealous for the church of Christ and for the worship of Christ? Uh, how are you sh- showing support and zeal as a family? Uh, you know, things like that. And so it kind of gets conversation going. I think that would be a really great one uh, for some older kids uh, and kind of getting conversation going. Uh, there's also, I actually just picked this up uh, like a month ago and have really enjoyed it. Uh, Be Thou My Vision by Gibson. It's put out by Crossway and it's a daily liturgy of family worship. Hmm. And so it has uh, basically scripture reading um, and there's things that you would read from that. There's uh, historical uh, church documents where they'll take a little piece out oh, that's cool. uh, from from the confessions, cool. uh, things like that. Uh, there'll be uh, some sections that you can sing. Uh, that oh, they'll out. give you. They'll give you that. Yeah, sorry, Jackie. You, <laughs> you can you can read over that part. Yeah, uh, but it really it goes. It, but it but it runs kind of like a liturgy. And so there's like an Old Testament reading. Uh, there's uh, you know time to pray confession of sins, uh, the assurance of pardon, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, so it's really, that's a really cool, uh, kind yeah, of, kind of book. That sounds good. Well. I'll have to, could you say the name again? Cause I, I'm going to jot that Yeah. Down. So that's, that's, uh, be thou my vision by Gibson and it's put out by, uh, Crossway. Got it. I'm writing that down. Yeah. Real time. Yeah. And you, uh, yeah. And some of the promos, wouldn't you know, the first one is Tim Keller. Uh, <laughs> but Donald really? Whitney. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but Donald Whitney's in there. So that balances that out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, no, but it's, but it's really, um, it, it's really a great, uh, and then they have the, you know, the kind of the, the forefront of it is that, uh, quote from Augustine, uh, you move us to delight in praising you. For you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. That's a great quote. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So very good. Anyway, yeah. So those would be those would be three, and I, I would say that those are probably three different levels. You know, New City Catechism I think is really great for younger kids. Um, the Family Worship Guide would be great for, I would say probably that seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve kind of area. Yep. Very good. Yeah, those are all all good recommendations. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Well, any any other closing thoughts? Because we're about out of time. Yeah. Um, I'd just say keep at it. I mean, yeah. Literally, you're gonna. It, it's literally like any other discipline or practice that you're trying to make a habit of. Um, you're gonna screw up some days. You're gonna feel like you yep. failure most times. You're gonna feel like your kids aren't getting it. Um, you'll skip days just because life gets busy. It gets hard. So when you fall back off, just get back up and keep going with it. I mean, there's nothing uber like uber deep about it. It's just having the gumption to continue to get back up and say, I'm going to fight for it and yeah. try and, yeah. and try and do it. Um, I, I've literally struggled with it the whole time I've been a parent. And I, I can look back on it and see many different ways I think I could do, have done it better and probably do it better mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. my hope is that at the end of the day, um, I've at the very least equipped my kids so that they can, they see a love for the Bible. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what I want at the end of the day is to foster a love for the Bible for them. And so however I have to do that, I'm going to try and do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good stuff. Something else I'll suggest is, um, 
this may not be for everyone, but if you really struggle at it, find someone to be, you know, we don't think of accountability partners in terms of family worship, but talk to your pastor, talk to an elder, talk to a friend and just say, hey, will you ask me about this? Ask me how I'm doing. And I think just having some someone else in your life to remind you um, can can be a help. Uh, and maybe that person could be your wife if uh, mm-hmm. if you know if, if your relationship's in that place, you could ask her to say, "Hey, can you remind me how important this is?" Because yeah, uh, it is. So accountability is something else. There are a lot of different ways you can do that, uh, but just be accountable to someone um, about asking you to do it or you know, asking, "Are you doing it?" Right. It gets easier when you realize uh, you're not racing against anybody else. I mean, so if you've heard all three of us talk, all three of us do it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so don't get discouraged again, because I imagine that some people listening to this will read those comments of, you know, we spend 45 minutes in family worship and we get into the Greek and the Latin and the Hebrew and all those different things. And it's just, you know, again, if, if that's your family, that's awesome. But do what works for your family. It's better than doing nothing. Yes. <laughs> so work, so do what works and then build on top of that. And then don't, you know, don't, you know, fillet yourself if you stumble. I mean, the Christian life is a, you know, series of stumbling forward, uh, it seems like. And so just like these guys said, and I'll reiterate it, um, if you stumble, if you forget, if you, you know, a week goes by and you haven't done anything, start, you know, just, just start. Um, don't, 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 uh, don't just lament the time that's, that's missed, but actually, you know, do something about it and get those patterns going again. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, all right. Well, thanks for listening. I think, I think that kind of wraps everything up. Um, Grayson Gilbert here with us. Um, you're going to it up. It's, it's a soft G. Yeah. <laughs> Gilbert. 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 Grayson, Grayson Pilbert. You have to do the first G soft too. Gilbert. <laughs> that was an inside joke. Done. He didn't get it. All right. Yeah, we're done. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Um, and in the next episode, we'll talk about what's wrong with Tim Keller. That was totally a joke. <laughs> That's a perfect ending, though. Maybe, maybe I'll cut that out. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh.